Oh, wow. I love that background music. It's, it's like all about triumphantness and just exploring new territory. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I, I love it when I get that one. That one's my favorite. Welcome to another episode of Ariel's Insights, everyone. This is where we dive into a sea of philosophy and we salvage the golden nuggets of wisdom and awesomeness. This time on episode four, we are talking about satiation, which is like, when are we finally satisfied with what we have? I have my awesome co-host here, Paul Sisler. And before he speaks, I'm going to do a little bit of a monologue. And then we're going to get into a, a back and forth. So the question is, you know, when you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, and we see we I have Chocolate Johnny over here. It's always a pleasure to have you in our audience. You know, Chocolate Johnny, think, think about it. Let's think about, like, you, you love chocolate, right? But there comes in a point where if somebody put, like, a gigantic bowl of chocolate in front of you and there was a hundred chocolates in it, it's like you, you, you wouldn't eat. You know, th there, there's a point to maybe after, I don't know how many, maybe after, let's say, four or five, you'd be like, wow, that was delicious. But you wouldn't like eat the whole bowl of like a hundred chocolates in one sitting in less than a minute. So my question is, is that for some people, it's not just about, you know, chocolate. It's like, how much is too much? Same thing with experiences and little kids like Disneyland. Disneyland is awesome for like an eight or nine year old. But if you told that same eight or nine year old, let me see what you said. You would eat a few. Exactly. You wouldn't eat the whole thing, John. So Disneyland is cool one day out of a week, maybe once a month. But going to Disneyland every single day, every day in, in, in every day in the year, like the kid would probably say like, you know, I did all the rides. I did all the roller coasters. I did, I did all the, you know, it's a small world. And you know what? I'm kind of tired. I'm kind of bored of Disneyland because I've seen it all. I've been through all of it. What, what, what else is left? What else is new? I, I think I'm full with the experience. And I think I'm going to go have another experience. So my, my main question that I, that I like to ask, it's like, n not only that is like, do people accumulate and hoard because it's actually making them happy and fulfilled? Or is it just like any other addiction that gives people like a spike of dopamine and, and they feel happy? They get that dopamine spike and they're like, oh, I want to go for the other one. That, that, that's another question I have. Or 
Is it is it for the bragging rights? I want to keep getting more and more and more so I can keep telling people how how much I have, what I have, and all of these things. And then last but not least, before I get Paul to join me, and it also seems that for the bragging rights, some people are also never satiated with finding people to fawn over them, finding people to praise them, finding people to say things good about them, and it never ends. They always want more followers, bigger rallies, you know, more, give, give me more people to say compliments. Look, look at my crowd sizes. Can we get a bigger crowd size in here? How can I recruit more people? And it's just this endless pursuit of either accumulation of things or ego. And it's like, hey, if you treated things and ego like an all-you-can-eat buffet, it's like they'd stuff themselves and then they just stockpile more and more and more. And at a certain point, I think, like, I, I would have a feeling that, you know what? I'm satisfied. I don't think at this time. I kind of need more. Anyway, yeah, that, that, was, that was it. So, yeah, Paul is here. He's been a, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's worked in, in actual casinos and things like that. And, Paul, give us some of your insights on the subject of satiation. Oh, well, I kind of believe that everybody has this void that they need to fill, whether it's, you know, uh, the businessman that just can never have enough businesses or the person that's out there looking for love can never find enough love. Um, someone that's looking for the acceptance of their parents or whatever. I, I just, I believe that there's always a void and I think people need to reflect upon themselves on what it is they're looking for and what it is they need. Right. And, and when they do reflect upon that, like I need uh, to grow my business, how, how, how do they know that like, okay, maybe like I'm, I'm being very anti-competitive, I'm becoming a monopoly and it's not fair for the rest of, you know, the people who want to get their start in something. Maybe I, wh- when do people say I need to tone it down? I need to kind of like see that maybe, maybe like that a little bit of, you know, uh, shame as they say is a good thing or a little bit of modesty and humility is a good thing. And maybe I need some of that. Like, do they ever say that or does that never cross their minds? Well, I, I, I don't really think that when someone is advancing in business or, um, you know, and I'm using business as the example because that's where a lot of greed stems and a lot of um, corporate powers and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I don't think they look at themselves in the mirror and ask them those question, themselves those questions. I think they're looking in the mirror asking them, where can I develop next? What can I do next? You know, um, who, where, where can I reach out to next? So I, I don't think they actually take the time to have that self-reflection. But I also think that goes a lot with uh, how people are raised and um, how they uh, perceive the world by the time that they get. Yeah. D- you know what? Johnny is a business owner. So 
uh, yeah, I would, I wouldn't mind if you gave us like the Aussie perspective on things such as uh, satiation and like, like for you and your chocolate business, if you know, um, uh, like, let's say you expanded all the way out to like, you know, the United States and Asia. And uh, let's say, let's say you've expanded to all of these, these countries. Would, would it, would it be enough? Like, let, let's say if, if you, you had, you know, a, a global market and then you were the biggest, you know, chocolate owner in the world and then other chocolatiers who wanted to come up and you said, let me cut off, cut him off at the knees. So I make sure that mine is dominant and they never even had a chance. <laughs> like, like I'm sure for the, for the kind of, you know, person that you are, I would really not expect that from you. <laughs> But let me see. Yeah. So it, 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 I think it also has to do Paul with, with personality types. Do you see that a lot of like friendlier, nicer people get satiated and they're, they can get happy with what they have and then they want to be generous or it, even those people, when it gets into business, they're all about being cutthroat. Um, I, I, I don't think, um, niceties plays a part in it. Um, I, I, again, I, I think it comes to what void you're trying to fill. And I, I think everyone has a void that they're trying to fill in one way or another. Um, you could get somebody that's a fixer. That's always trying to help other people that could be doing the same thing. And without realizing it, um, stepping on toes and hurting people along the way because they think they're doing good. So um, I, I think it's more about the um, need to fulfill something, you know, um, whatever it is that's missing in their lives. So I, I don't think it's about niceties. I, I think there's just as many people um, that are actually really good people that can't see beyond the, the greed that's in front of them or the um, tasks that's in front of them, the conquest. That's Got it. So in your personal experience, have, have you even seen people with like, like kind of, kind of they're, they're friendly, they're nice and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're decent people. But then when it comes to business, they they go into that different mode of kind of like wanting like it's not a bad thing to want to expand and to want to grow i mean it's this but do you see a little bit of personality shift in people when it comes to like social to business when it comes to such things well it comes back to like i said i was in the casino industry for 20 plus years and mm -hmm. As, as an example, how much is enough, okay? I have seen people come into the casino and win tons of money. And it, it's like you start with, say, like $500, and you catch a roll on the crafts table, and you're sitting there with 20, 30 grand in front of you. Um, that, that's, a hell of a, that's a hell of a win. And you would think, well, that's got to be enough. Well, no. Um, if I can win 20 grand, why, why not 100 and if they were lucky enough to win a hundred, uh, well, I got a hundred. Why, why not a half a million? You know, um, before you know it, they've given it all back. 
and they've come in another $500 of their own money. Um, could be the nicest person in the world, but it comes back to what, what, what is enough? How much is enough? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and do you think that this money that they've won or they want to win or they're even losing, it's it it's just like that that kind of like dopamine rush into their heads, or are they actually planning to use this money on on something, or it's just like there's such an abundance there that they that that it, that it's all just about the thrill seeking, or something like that. Well, it went from I have enough to make my car payment and I can pay my mortgage this month to, oh, my God, I can pay my house off to, oh, my God, I could buy another house. Um, I I think their mind goes into an avenue of um, I've got this covered. I've got this covered. Now I can get this. If I got a little more, I can cover this. Um, If I get a little more, I can do this. And then before you know it, it's like, oh, crap, I got to borrow money to make my goddamn mortgage payment this month. Wow. So so it's just this series of highs and lows of these instant highs and lows that someone could just like experience in their lifetime in this short little like casino time warp that it comes from like you've one one time you feel on top of the world and then five minutes after that you can feel like you're at the bottom of the world. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it, it doesn't just apply to the casino and money. I mean, it, it, it applies to a lot of things. It's like, um, take somebody that works really hard. They're working their 40 hours in a week, and um, suddenly the boss says, well, we're shorthanded. I need you to work uh, these two extra days. That's going to be an extra 16 hours. It's a time and a half. And when you put in those extra two days' worth of work, and you see how big your paycheck is, and you were able to catch up on some back bills, it's like, okay, well, I I can do it again for another week. And then I can do it again for another week. And then before you know it, here here you are, you've worked three months straight without a day off, and you're stressed out. How much is enough? You've caught up on the bills, but now you've got some extra things. So, again, in many aspects, in many avenues in life, um, the, the, the need and... Um, desire to come, you know, keep doing these things that, you know, exhaust you, that stress you, that excite you, that, you know, make you feel like you've accomplished something. Uh, it, it all just keeps adding together. And again, you can never fulfill this need because there is no. End. Got it. And, and I also wanted to know about the personality types of these people in your casinos. Like, obviously, you got the people who like chatting people up, who like drinking socially, and they like living life on the edge. But would you also get um, people who, who were, even though they were maybe more introverted, and they weren't as rambunctious, but they also do do these gambles with like, thousands of dollars maybe even millions of dollars even though you would never say that oh that person is a real you know party person that guy is a real outgoing person like would you also see people who you think were like shy or things like that but they'd also never be satiated even though their personality wouldn't really show it oh in the casino you get every personality type you get um everyone from you know, 
impoverished and poor people coming in to rich people coming in. Everybody comes into the casino. So it's not so much, uh, you know, picking out personality types because you, you get them all and none of them are satiated with whatever. Not like none of them are ever there. There's always, you know, but but I would think like if you can rid like, you know, you know, that old saying only put out what you're willing to lose. But then have you seen people in there like lose their entire life savings in one sitting and like go to the poor house and things like that? Oh, God, yes. Yes, I have seen uh, millionaires blow their uh, complete fortune, their complete business. Um, I've seen people lose everything. I've seen your average person that uh, works paycheck to paycheck blow their paycheck and lose their home. Um, I've seen uh, poor people come in that um, really have nothing to lose, and they lose everything Um, just, you know, anyone anyone can fall victim to it because again it's never enough it runs the gamut what like like what people are willing to risk but i'm talking about the personality types of the shy and the you know loud and rambunctious it didn't matter you saw like both personality types not being satiated Yes, introverts, extroverts, um, y- y- you name it. I mean, every personality type, uh, shy people, quiet people, party people, you, you name it, business people, um, stern people, happy-go-lucky people. I mean, um, er- er- anyone. In- wow, that's that's thing. But you, you said you've no- you noticed something about yourself that time that we spoke when you were gambling that you, you said you have to really study yourself to know when you would be satisfied, like with your winnings and what, what you have, like you said there was a certain way that your brain worked that you needed to figure out. So you didn't risk the winnings that you already had. Right. And you, you, you have to self manage yourself when, when, when you really get down to it. First, you have to realize and accept that no matter how much you win, it will never be enough. So you have to ask yourself, um, am am I even able to come in here and do this? Well, um, I got to a point to where I could manage my money. And there are some people that can go in and do this. So it's like you take in $100. If you lose it, you walk out. Um, if you take in that hundred dollars, um, you have to be reasonable. Um, uh, if you, if you think that you're going to double it, you, you might as well just not do it because that's not going to happen. Um, except on rare occasions. Um, my, my thing was if I take in a hundred dollars, if I can make 20% of my investments, I leave. So I stick in a hundred dollar bill. I get up to 120. I walk out done. I, I cash out. It, it doesn't matter, um, how lucky I feel or whatever. You cash out and you walk out and you have to be very, very strict with yourself. And if you're not, then you, you, you can't get beyond it because you'll never win enough. Um, usually card counters, which is a big thing. You get these kids that come in from MIT. Um, the, uh, a card counter is probably the most, um, um, uh, self-disciplined person because you're coming in with X amount of money 
and your objective is to, and again, this is where the 20% comes in. You, whatever you start out with, if it's $500, you make $100, 20% of what you invested. And once you hit that, you're done. You walk away. That's why casinos don't like professional card counters because they're disciplined. Um, the majority of people are not disciplined. Um, the disciplined gamblers are probably about one-tenth of a percent of the people that come into a Wow, that, that's it. So uh, I think a part of our economy runs on this uh, this, this, this undis- these undisciplinary people because you can count on them to keep buying, to keep wanting, to keep – so that's why self-discipline is a very important part of knowing when you're satiated because a self-disciplined person would hold themselves back on seconds and know that his stomach is like sending a signal to his brain like you're done, whereas an undisciplined person would ignore kind of like the signals that people give them or their body gives them. And things like that. Ah, here, here's where part of the controversy comes in, though. I stick in that $100 bill. Um, say 10 minutes later, I hit $120. I cash out. I'm not satiated. I'm just disciplined enough to walk away. I want more. But I have conditioned myself to stop. So mm-hmm. I'm not fulfilled. I'm just following my own set of rules. Got it. Got it. And... But what I what I'm seeing is that the but even and and then on the other side of that spectrum you have those that this this could satiate anyone but for them it's just that lack of self discipline so even after the satiation the lack of self discipline leads to just this want of more just as a meat in and of itself, not for something that's actually productive. It's it just becomes like a game. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a game. But again, well, no matter what you apply it to, I mean, let, let let's say you know you're someone that's looking for love, okay, and you find that perfect person, and that relationship seems like it's fulfilling, okay. Um, because everything is still new and everything is, you know, um, exciting and so on and so forth. There comes a point where you reach this thing called monotony, um, whether it's love, whether it's playing a video game, whether it is the job that you're doing, um, you reach a point of monotony. And once you reach that point, you again, you're, you're no longer satiated because you want something to fill this void that you've now redeveloped because you want more out of life. You want more out of something. So now you go looking, whether it's a relationship where you're, um, somebody's flirted with you and you're feeling young again or um, you're, you're really tired of this job and you want something more exciting so you go back to school um, whatever scenario you want to throw in there, there's again, you're, you're truly never satiated, um, completely. You might be satiated with a certain thing because you've gotten your fulfillment out of it, but then something else is going to open up that's unsatiated. So now you have to fulfill it. So there, there's always a movement to the next thing. 
Um, when it comes to where, you know, basically we're talking about businessmen where they become just multi-millionaires, billionaires and stuff like that. And they keep buying more companies and they keep opening up more businesses. Um, there's always a new horizon to branch out to. So they're never satiated because there's always something new. There's something novel. There's something um, that's ahead that they haven't experienced yet. So, you know, there's always something um, within reach or grasp that they can accomplish that adds to the the excitement. So that, that's part of it, never being able to fill that uh, uh, need for new excitement. Got it. So, so do you think it's in human nature to just never be satisfied, no matter what the uh, um, environment is like, or no matter what the uh, zeitgeist is like at a certain moment in time, all the way from like cavemen to like modern, you know, digital natives and things like that? It's just in the nature of of, of a human's mind to just be like. What else? What else? More, more. Where, where? You know? Yeah, I, I, I believe it's just simply human nature. And um, I, I think there's always going to be a need of fulfillment somewhere. And I, I guess you could bring it back to, you know, um, what, what, what's the meaning of life? Um, nobody really knows what the meaning of life is. I mean, we all, you know, give out our ideas and what we might believe it might be. But I, I think everybody's looking for that purpose. And um, I, I think because we're always looking for a purpose, we're never going to be satisfied with anything. I don't think everything is enough. I, I, I think there's always something else that can be accomplished, something else that can be done. Um, another um, line, another avenue, another uh, whatever to try to accomplish something even Right. They, but what, what, what I'm thinking is, is like, if, if I did like, let's say have that hundred million dollars and, uh, I could work with like scientists around the world, which I always wanted to do. I could give like Ted talks in different cities and meet awesome people. There's also something where maybe I would want more still may like like i'm saying maybe but at the same time there is also that place where people feel like they're in that zone and at that given moment and at that given time they have a feeling of fulfillment and it's just like 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 i i i rather have nothing more i i i want to like be here and do this thing and this is this is where I feel good now. Whereas it feels like some people, uh, e even when they get an opportunity or they get a chance to do that thing they always wanted to do, their mind quickly jumps to what's the next one. And I think that's toxic because if you can never enjoy the moment that you're in and it's always never enough for you, no matter who, like how much you have or don't have, it's like this unhappiness will always be uh, nipping at your heels, you know? I, I, I don't think it's – well, I, it's kind of like this because I, I don't think it's about unhappiness. Um, I, I think it's about fulfillment. And when you've done something, as an example, okay, I have mm -hmm. written my first book, okay, 
that's excitement. That's joy. Um, I, I, I can't wait for the next level that um, I encounter with this book. But now let's say I become like world famous with this book and I reap in millions of dollars and I, I can do all of these things. I don't want to be a one hit wonder. I now have the desire to write another book um, and I won't be fulfilled in my own mind until I've written a second book. And then after I write a second book, will a second book be enough? Will I need to write a third? I don't even know that. I, I could say that, wow. you know, this one book, yeah. Hey, I, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, but now there's like this desire to, accomplish more to get another book out to get that word out there so and mm. it's not about not being happy i'm very very happy um it's just i now have this unquenched desire to do a second book and it's right. not about the money it's not about the fame or the fortune that goes along with it it's about i have a voice and i want to be heard even more with it you know so I, I have more to say now, and that makes a lot uh, of sense. And, so, and and no no yeah, go ahead. So, so I just I, I just think that whatever it is that you're doing in life, uh, when you accomplish something and it makes you feel good, um, and whether it's on the backs of others or whether it's something that's actually for the good, you're going to have that desire to accomplish. Right, you're gonna have that desire, but let's okay, okay. Let's say that 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 this this becomes a one hit wonder. Let let let's hypothesize over here. I I love doing this, and let's say you you feel great and you you feel good. Um, you write the second book, and and it's a complete flop. Do you have the desire to do the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth? Uh, and quite honestly, I, I won't know until, you know, let, let's say that happens. Um, um, will I be the one hit wonder where I had one good book and one bad book and just leave it at that? I've reached my peak and something else draws my interest. Or will I be motivated to try to do better and figure out what it is I did wrong as to why my second book was a flop and try to come out with a third to top it? You know, um, I probably won't know until I'm in that position. And I, I think that's what a lot of it comes down to until you're in that position, you truly don't know. You can hypothesize and based upon how you feel your personality is at the time, you know, project that this is what I would do. This is how I would feel. But until you're actually in that moment, mm. I don't think anyone truly knows. Um, as an example, <clears throat> my dad, he was in uh, the Korean War. And uh, when when he was on the, the, the boat and heading over and everybody was all gung-ho, um, my, my dad had told me that when you got into the trenches, a lot of those people that were gung-ho, when the bullets started flying, they uh, cuddled up into a ball and pissed and shit themselves while others kept going forward. Until you're in the moment, you don't know how you're going to react. You might believe you're going to react a certain way. You just don't know until you're there in that. Got moment. it. Got it. It's it's like like something like skydiving. You can say like, oh, I would feel like this or I would feel like that or I had the courage. But once that door on that plane opens and the guy's telling you to jump out, it's like, 
you know, it's a whole new ball game. And, and exactly. I think that's the thing, right? Yeah. So, so, so now, but now that you did your first book is like, did, did that feeling of satiation come after you wrote the last word or like that minute that you, you, you like got it done. You're like, Oh, I want to do a new one. <laughs> like, you know, Oh, once it was written, I, I mean, I, I was elated. I mean, I had to uh, <clears throat> reread the ending and um, actually, quite, to be quite honest, I, I wasn't happy with how I ended it the first time. And I had to go back and redo it. And um, I'm quite pleased with how I ended it this the, the second time I did it. And um, um once I, that was completed, then um, my next task was getting published. So my thoughts wasn't even about writing another book. My thoughts were about getting this one published. But once I uh, went through the whole ordeal right. and finally got published, um, now I was just excited about the process right. of it. And now that I've gone through the whole process, the press release is out, and I'm getting ready to set up interviews with uh, TV stations and stuff like that. Um, I, I do have that desire to uh, write another book, you know. And quite frankly, I have like seven different books that I've started over the years. And I'm just deciding on which one it is I'm going to write now. Got it. I I, I understand it. It's but but it's kind of like like it you you people don't get satiated because people enjoy uh novelty and variety but i'm just thinking that if you were if you were just in the process of let's say you wrote that book but you didn't publish it but then you you wrote you wrote another book if somebody told you to like write 3 books and then later they would get published. I think that's where the satiation comes in because it's like nothing is changing over here. It's like it's like not going to that d level two because you know it, it's kind of like a video game. If I played level one, but if and then and then played level one again and then played level one again, it's like okay, like I think I'm good. Like like I I'm I'm full of this. But then since there's a level two and three and four. That's where the desire to like just do more or 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 see the novelty comes in. Where the say it, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing that the satiation isn't there because there's there's more to see and explore and to do rather than just feeling like that feeling that you're stuck and everybody kind of dislikes that feeling. Right. Well, and when you get that stuck feeling where you, you just can't fulfill whatever it is that the initial drive was, then something else opens up, you know, um, whatever it is in life, there's something else that's going to open up that's going to keep your interest or um, motivate you to do something. And, you know, you might come back to it because I, I started writing um, back in about 2009 um, and I, I never had a desire to, you know, I mean, I'd get these great ideas, I'd jot them down on paper, I'd play with them a little bit, but I never really had the desire to fulfill any of them. And then um, in 2016, when um, Trump said there was good people on both sides, 
Um, and I saw how the uh, world or, or how the United States was really truly divided in partisan um, values. Um, I became so motivated. I just, I couldn't stop. And that's what, you know, allowed me to dig in and write this book. So there, there's always something that comes along that's going to motivate you to have a desire that just, you know, until you complete the conquest, there's no fulfillment where my other books, I, I've, I've never had a desire to finish them. There's never been a motivation. So now mm. things are different. Things have changed. So now I have different avenues. So I, I feel this, you know, overwhelming desire that I need to keep writing. So I don't know where the satiation is going to come in with writing. If there will ever be any satiation, who knows? This, this might be how I finish out the rest of my life as a writer. Mm, I see. So I guess going back to my buffet analogy, it really has to do with body types and uh, how much, you know, intake they can handle. And, and I guess at the end of the day, like, I, 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 what I really mean is that there, there's a moment of satiation when it comes to eating food that that signal goes into your head and it says like, okay, you're good, stop. But for the rest of your life, you're going to keep eating food until you die, basically. So I think I think that's what we're looking at here. I think it means like satiation of of like how how much is enough in a certain time period for the time being, as in like you 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 write your book, but it, there, there's a limit to. At, at in a week, like how much you're going to get done and how much you're going to write, just like I think in, in the financial sector and in some of this, you know, when it comes to money, there, there should be a limit to how much people can like, you know, stockpile until it, it feels like, okay, what are you really, what's the goal here? What's the purpose? Instead of just seeing a number just get bigger and bigger and things like that. Oh, see, now that, that, that's a hard one, you know. Um, I, I, again, I, I think if there was a proper taxation system, then I don't have a problem with anyone earning more and more and more and more, you, you know, as long as that they're paying their fair share. So for, for me, it, it's more of a, if someone wants to be that greedy and have that much fear that they just, you know, um, that, that they can lose everything or they just simply don't have enough, you know, um, th that falls on them, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, that falls on them. They need to look at themselves and, you know, decide what kind of person they are. And quite frankly, I, I don't think any of them truly care once they really get up there. Um, that, that, that's on them. Um, I think it's up to us as, you know, everyday people that are trying to survive because you got to remember the percentage of people that get up there in that top bracket is so few anyways. Um, it, it, it's up to us to um, be unsatiated with doing what's right. And um, until we have like this utopian 
world that we all can live in. I, I, I don't think there needs to be any satiation. I, I think we need to keep striving until there's perfection. And then I think there's where the satiation truly comes in for humankind. Right. Well, well, my, my satiation would be, if I'm personally speaking for myself, like a legacy that, that, that I want to, that I want to pass down. And it, 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 it's about like knowledge and philosophy and intelligence. And within that, even the tangibles of science and technology and how it can improve the human condition. And, and if I, if I, if I like am known for some aspect of improving the human condition while I can enjoy life myself, I think that's going to satiate me. I don't need to go out into the galaxy and conquer planets and subjugate people and things like that, but to each their own, you know, un, un, unless like the kind of hunger and the kind of lust that certain people have is damaging to the rest of the world and the human condition it, it's it's probably not even about satiation at that point it's just about like uh, psychopathy and sociopathy quite possibly quite possibly mm-hmm. I, I still think that um you know when you accomplish the things that you, you want to accomplish in relation to your legacy i think there's going to be other doors that are going to open up where you might be satiated on one avenue and then you're going to have this appetite to go forward on another avenue. And I think it's just never ending. I think there's always going to be a whole nother door that opens up where we have this hunger and this desire to complete something. And again, it's just, it's the next conquest. It's just that I hope that when you're doing these conquests, you're not plundering and pillaging, you know, and that, that's just it. Um, yeah. There's too many of them that are out there right now that will plunder and pillage to accomplish their conquest versus right. those that are willing to lend a hand to people and help people up as their, you know, conquest, you know? Yeah, yeah, that that's exactly it. Because now the plundering and pillaging is done in a in a in with lawyers and with smear tactics and it's very indirect and stealthy so but it's it's up to us to notice kind of like these things i think i think i'm 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 actually going to be satiated with 45 minutes of this talk uh kind of wanted to do it but if anybody but we can go longer does anybody in the audience have something to add about like this kind of feeling if if you either you had the feeling that you did the thing that you wanted to do and you were satisfied with it and you could take a rest or it just like enchanted you and hooked you and it it felt like you couldn't stop because it was just you you were just in that zone or you just saw some kind of potential and you just had to keep going and going no matter what so I'm just opening it up to audience participation. Ah, boys. Okay, great. Yeah. Go go ahead, boys. Yeah, you know I'm gonna jump in here, Ariel. Um, <laughs> Thanks. One I've had I'm I'm a very um I don't wanna say like I have an addictive personality, if you will. Like when I get focused, I get hyper focused. Mm-hmm. Um so like when I started doing YouTube, it became everything I did in my free time. 
Um, and then following Andrew Yang's campaign, I trying to find every way I could to financially afford to get to every event I could. Um, and like that, that kind of obsession almost is unhealthy and it's an unhealthy mm-hmm. obsession if it interferes with the rest of your life. And I think that's mm-hmm. the, the, the people have to really understand like where that boundary is. It's hard for some people to find that boundary. Um, so you can lose relationships and, and miss out on other opportunities if you only focus on one objective, you know? Oh, I'm so happy you said the word boundary because that is literally what ne- the next Ariel's insights. And this time I'm going to do it two days is going to be on like how to set boundaries because I see you see so many people with lack of boundaries, like destroying them because it's such a perfect segue. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, but there, you know, it's, 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 it's a good thing to obsess about something that's positive. Right. It becomes a negative in your own personal life and, and people that depend on you, like if you're a parent or a spouse, you know, so I think it's always important to talk about that type of stuff. Cause you know, it's, yeah. it's good to do good, but not at, at all costs, if you will. Right. Right. What's, what's the cost benefit analysis of the kind of thing that you're trying to do. If if you're trying to drive to someone and they're having a bad day and you just want to be there to console them, you know, in, in the physical presence, but it's like your car, they, they, they live like 10 miles away. Like they live, let's say they live in the next state over and you don't have the gas to go over there, but you drive there anyway. And then, you know, your car breaks down in the middle of the road and then like all these a whole new can of worms opens for you. Well, I know you're a nice person and you want to be there, you know, physically, but maybe you could have made a phone call and, and just, and just talked instead of like risked, like your broken down car to go all the way over there, you know, putting yourself more at risk. So it, it, it all depends on these certain situations that happen. Oh, and we have Stephanie here. <laughs> Hi, Stephanie. We were just talking about like how much is too much. That's the uh, that's the question of satiation when it comes to anything: money, love, food, uh, desires. Yeah. So 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 is that what you're kind of saying, boys? That these bound these 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 limits are important so we don't lose ourselves. Absolutely, just about you know self awareness, you know um, mindfulness, um, which I'm a big proponent of mindfulness and. Right. You know, it's it's just it's a tough boundary. Once you become obsessed about something, it, it's not a, a healthy obsession. Right, you know? right, right. Even even and and I'm just going to bring this up. Even with hating Trump, you know, or or even disliking him, and and that's fair. You have a point, and he's been bad. But if it's like every day, you 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 do it, and it, and it becomes the center focus of your world. It's like that then it then it's just like taking up real estate in your mind that you can use for something else. Yeah, you got to be very intentional with with your energy and not expending all of it in one place that's just not healthy. Right, right. Right, right. And that and that's something that 
sometimes we, if, if there was no one there to be a mentor or to be a guidance person, we see so many people that can live these undisciplined lives because there, there is no discipline class in school. Or if your parents were just those parents that maybe you were one of those latchkey kids and they left you alone in the house to do whatever the hell you want. Maybe you could have spent all day just drinking or smoking and, and like do, do, doing, you know, you know, taking things to the extreme until they came home, but they were so busy with their lives that they never talked to you about, about limits and disciplines and all these things. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That, that that's that's what I try to do here because because it's it's just it's just important because you know, I I think this this sense of not being satiated comes with that feeling in some people's lives that they're lost. And then and then when this feeling of what do I do? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? It turns into maybe it's about accumulation maybe it's about like fame and fortune and my ego instead of like a purpose or a mission it it muddies the waters and you know like like that like like a sense of direction is very important Yeah, that that's where the toxicity comes in. That this 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 kind of idea that that like like that what only matters is my end, and just using some people to a means uh, uh, to an end, and then and then I I heard there's a special phrase for it. It's called like narcissistic disregard or something like that. Uh, no, the the narcissist discard. Like you, you got to be careful with some of the people that you're dealing with because after they've gotten what they've wanted from you, they just, you know, uh, discard you like literally. I think, oh, <laughs> there, I guess, I guess, yeah. <laughs> is, is everything all right, Paul? Yeah, just uh, a disconnection uh, uh, Wi-Fi thing right there. It kicked me out. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. You're you're good. But yeah, like like what what you gotta say about the narcissistic discard? Oh, I, I I believe that there's a lot of narcissists in this uh, world, and um, it, again, it, it gets to a point where when you you really just don't care about other people that all you care about is your own self and where you're going with it. And you can, you use who you can along the way. And if those people don't do things to benefit you, um, then you're just going to disregard them. And it's just, it's, it's a whole very toxic, very, uh, you know, 
horrible way of thinking, you know. And again, there, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they get conditioned into this line of thinking simply because, you know, when you start looking at life in general, look, looking at, you know, how the system is rigged against so many people, um, it's any wonder that we don't actually have more issues with this. Wow. That's really saying a lot. Well, anyway, um, I'm, I'm going to open it up again to audience participation. And if there is no more audience participation, I think I'll probably close it out getting to that time. Well, well, I'll say one more thing about that narcissism, Ariel, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, boys. Yeah. I think narcissism is a human natural instinct. We just have to learn how to ignore that thought, if you will, and mindfulness. Like, like if you're driving in traffic, like me, I'll speak from my own personal experience. People cut me off, almost hit me, whatever. You visualize like walking and punching them, right? But you don't mm. do it. Like we right, all have right. that psycho in us. We're all primates. We all have bonobo and chimpanzee in us. So it's learning how to quiet that voice that we all are narcissistic. It's part of like evolution. It's how you we evolve to survive. You know, survival is narcissistic in a way, you know, like right. we are higher level primates, but it is one of those things that's within us all. Right. You know, it, it It is for sure. And it's, it's just that, 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 that's why we grow up as like children to learn how to control that, to, to how to manage that. Like, like I, I'm sure there's like a beast inside everyone. There's like this primate, as you said, but civilization comes with taming, certain parts of ourselves, certain parts of our culture, certain parts of our desires, you know, and, and that's it. That that's, that's the thing with satiation. It's like, just, you know, uh, yeah, I'm going to close out. Like have, have your fun, have your, you know, happiness, but just, you know, look out for, that part of you that wants to be like narcissistic and use other people and uh just fu- like get that desire that you have but do it in a way that doesn't uh hurt others this has been ariel's insights episode four on satiation and join us again for episode five on boundaries thank you everybody Have a great rest of your day.